0: Mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Aaron Jewell, and I am so excited to be here today with none other than. Kara Bradley. Okay, so here's the deal. I was first, it was brought to my attention that this woman existed about a year ago. And I don't know how she was off my radar because her story is so fascinating and so powerful. And there are so many nuggets to what she has walked through that by the time I learned about her, I could not wait to not only get in touch with her, but also have her on the show because I would be remiss. Here I am. I having a podcast show that uh, that interviews female role models around the globe who are doing things differently and it, it just it would not be the same if I did not have this woman on the show. So just to tell you a little bit more about Cara for those of you who do not know her, Cara is a leading authority of mental fitness, mental fitness. That will keep in mind. Let's hope hopefully she'll tell us a little bit more about that term, having led thousands through her signature strategies to work and play in flow, she shares her 30 plus years of body brain training with Fortune 500 companies, startups, and premier college sports teams. Kara's expertise includes science backed tools and premier uh, for optimal performance, including nervous system flow state and mindfulness training, in addition to strategies that optimize gut. Brain connection. If any of these words so far are new to you at all, stay tuned. And to top it all off, Kara is the author of author of the On the Verge Wake Up Show Up and Shine book. She's also the founder, and this is really one of the most ex- exciting parts for me of the award winning Verge Yoga Center and the host of the On The Verge Mental Fitness Podcast. I just wanted to make sure I captured it all with Kara, and I, I only, I'm sure, captured a bit. So, Kara, thank you so much for being on the show with us today.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It's very sweet, and I love your enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Kara. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, we, we, get to, we get to be all in with this stuff, right? So, Kara, so let's start off with just a really simple question, let it go wherever you want it to go. Tell us a little more about your story.
0: Oh boy. Well, yeah. You know, we all have such it's such beautiful stories, you know, and, and it's amazing as you get older and older, you start to look back and it's like, wow, those are a lot of winding roads. So I won't take you down all of them, I promise. But just give you a, you know, just a quick background on me is I am an Italian American born in Brooklyn. My four grandparents were off the boat. And uh, I I really didn't know anybody that was an Italian until I was about 12. (laughs) So (laughs) that's kind of my, my, the bubble I lived in. I was also a figure skater and just a mediocre figure skater. Like nobody knew who I was, but I learned a lot from being in this solo sport and I loved it. I breathed it. I dreamed about it. Um, And it really did shape who I am today. I have to say, when I was 15, my parents told me, um, all right, this is expensive, we can't pay for your skating anymore, so if you want to skate, you got to make money and pay for your skating. So at 15, I turned professional. I went from amateur to professional skater, and I started teaching adults how to skate. And this is really important, and an important part of my journey, and I'm sure your listeners, you know, we all have these moments when we were children that that kind of that that made us pivot, right? We say that like, you know, phrase now, but really did make us that make us pivot our interest. And I remember working with adult skaters and I remember when they would come on the ice and their faces would be all like scrunched up and their shoulders would be up by their ears. And they were nervous and fearful and they looked like, like frozen. And I remember after, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes of getting them to move and being comfortable and starting to flow on the ice that I saw their faces change. I was like, wow, they look like kids. Out, they were laughing and giddy and shining. And so I realized and learned at 15 that movement is really important for our state of well-being. That's kind of a long story, but it got me through and really informed my work all the way through up until now. I mean, I have been teaching since 15, which is a long time ago. and really my my mission is to help people come alive i love to see that moment that instant when people just let go of their busy mind they let go of the cage that they think they're trapped in and they start to play in their body in space in the world to me that the gift of just being being witness to that is, is worth everything. So, you know, so over my career, I have um, taught everything from strength training to, I like to say, you know, I did aerobic step, I did slide, I did funk. I mean, you know, I like taught all that stuff and then did a deep dive into yoga and meditation. Cause I really wanted to understand how do we train for optimal experience And uh, it seemed that the yogis and the monks um, had some good discipline, uh, you know, definitely proven thousands of years uh, discipline to understand how to train our being and our mind to, to feel fully alive more often.
1: Wow. So powerful. So powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. And Kara, just for our listeners, can you speak to perhaps, when you say optimal experience, what, can you just speak to that a little bit more to help the listener kind of connect with that further?
0: Absolutely. You know, so, so many times we hear like optimal this, optimal that. And I, sometimes I, I don't like the word because I think people equate it to, you know, somebody that's like a CEO or a professional athlete. But there are these moments in our lives, and they're happening all the time. And This is what I write about in my book, is about the state of feeling awake and alive. There's these moments when we feel fully alive. And, and oftentimes, it's moments, you know, it's like those early morning moments when you take the first sip of coffee, a lot of people say. Or it's the, you know, the time under the night sky when you're alone and just, kind of sense yourself in this vast space it's times on the beach it's with your dog it's with your lover it's you know with your baby it's it's these moments of just awe and they're happening these optimal experiences when we're not caught in our thoughts and in the doubts and the fears and those patterns that hold us down and hold us back so my work has really been to help to point out and help people to recognize those moments in their own life. Because when we can recognize them, it's like, you know, that old uh, story of of choosing to buy the red car. You know, you, you 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 recognize the car and the make and the color and then you see it all over the place. When we start to experience our optimal states of being and we start to become familiar with them, then we start to notice them happening in even the most ordinary places.
1: Mm. So beautiful. So, regarding the people that you worked with along the way, let's begin to transition and, and hone in on that a little bit more. Because, I mean, you're, you're speaking my language. It's certainly not my language. But, you know, one of the things that drew me to you, you know, really is, is about the way you, you talk about optimal states of being and the fact that it's sourced from within in so many ways. The people that you work with, were they? Generally, people along the way who were open to this at first, who had an understanding of these types of practices initially, or did you find yourself over the years working with individuals who maybe didn't have a lot of experience with these types of practices but were open to it? Maybe not. Can you tell us a little more about
0: that? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Hmm. I think that uh, for the most part, you know, we just we doubt ourselves. You know, we just doubt that it's something we can do on our own that we don't need a book for or a special course and so I would say that you know most of the people that I've worked with especially when I started teaching yoga there weren't a lot of people doing yoga it was back in you know nineteen ninety eight I think so there weren't a lot of yoga studios or yoga classes around but I recall so often especially in those early days after a yoga class, you know, the, the brilliance about yoga is you get that rest at the end called Shavasana. And that five minute rest is the gold. It's actually when we can experience our experience. You know, there's nothing to do just to kind of hang out with yourself. Oftentimes after a workout, you know, we run and then we're like off to the next thing or we take a spin class and we rush to, you know, the next event. But with yoga, you get to sit with yourself for a bit. And I think that after a class like that, especially in the early days, like, like you asked, people would come up to me afterward and they're like, what was that? Like, what did I just experience? And, you know, the simple answer is yourself like that's just yourself in your natural state that's yourself beyond all of the the patterns these mental patterns that we accumulate over a lifetime because of family or life experience or just you know cultural experiences so when we get beyond that it's like what it's why people have these experiences on the beach, on top of mountains, in nature, because nature takes us more deeply into the present moment. You know, it's nothing, there's no special practice. There's no secret sauce. It's always there, this natural state of aliveness and awakefulness. Every single human being, every single being, it's just a matter of how much can I get out of my own head and my own way to just be with my experience for a moment,
1: mm, beautiful i 'm listening to you, and i 'm going to those places myself. In fact, I was just in Shavasana this morning, and i 'm thinking it was beautiful because i 'm you know here we the show's based out of Philadelphia for those of you who are listening in and didn 't know that and it snowed this morning. Kara is calling in from new hampshire and but it was so beautiful i, I can 't tell you the last time I actually practiced yoga. And we have this nice big floor-to-ceiling window and just the flakes kind of, and as I lied down for Shavasana, I I felt some serious contentment. So it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure.
0: And and the thing is, you know, we so, we, um, I'm including myself here, so, you know, I'm no master at this. We rush by our lives so quickly. You know, we rush by those beautifully serene, peaceful you know, awe-filled moments all the time, all the time, you know, so when we can start to notice things more often, we learn to slow ourselves down and and just pause and stop. And I think that our lives become just richer. We just have a richer experience.
1: Mm. I love that. I love that. Well, Kara, as you know, this is a show, the audience is primarily women, uh, other female leaders around the globe, certainly men and women across the globe. And with that, this show does focus on the challenges that female leaders face along the way, and also the celebrations that female leaders face along the way. So a question that I ask in some form or fashion as I talk with any of the individuals, any of the women that I interview As it relates to being a female leader, being a role model, along the journey, how can you share perhaps some challenges that you faced working with other women? And then I'd also ask, can you share some of the wins and some of the ways that you felt very much supported by other women? Along your journey,
0: okay. So yeah, loaded question, loaded, <laughs> loaded topic for sure. Um, having been a um, a leader, I guess you can say of a of a business. I mean, I, I've had uh, several businesses, but the the longest, long standing business, verge Yoga, that I sold in 2019, challenged me in every way, shape, and form. As a woman, as a leader, as a business owner. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, you know, standing in my shoes with the knowledge that I do now and actually the, the, um, just the life experience had I not gone through the fire or as I often say, you know, it put me through the pasta maker, you know, that pasta maker with the, like the wheel, like that's what I feel like for 16 years. I was just every day, put the dough in and just churn her up, baby, just churn her up. (laughs) Oh oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, so, but I'll tell you what it has done for me, you know, leading and I led mostly women, mostly female yoga teachers, at any time, you know I'd have up up to as many as 30 yoga teachers, which is a lot of yoga teachers. Let me just tell you that. And you know what leading other women has done for me, because it really tore me apart, I have to tell you, it is not easy to do. But what it did for me is it um, taught me how to celebrate other women. It just taught me, you know, we need to stand right next to each other. We need to have those pom-poms on when one of us succeed and just celebrate the heck out of her. And I have two daughters and they're in their mid-20s and ever since they were young, I would tell them, you know, celebrate your friends, celebrate your girlfriends, just go over above and beyond. Because when, as a female leader, you know, especially leading other women, we often don't get that. You know, we get dragged down, we get, you know, I would also often feel like I was a bullseye on a target dartboard. And so I've just gone, you know, the other way and, sell and learn to celebrate people and their success.
1: You know, it's so beautiful and I appreciate your transparency and your authenticity with your response and it's it's you're not alone and any woman who is sitting here right now and maybe thinking oh, you know, that doesn't happen to me. You know, there's a really good chance that they have not walked through that experience yet in their lives and the really cool thing about what you said and it just hit home for me so much is the solution to that, right? The solution to the experience of having challenges working with women is to just celebrate women as much as you possibly can. And I'm sure you mean when you say that, that starts by celebrating yourself as a woman.
0: Absolutely. You want to you speak to that?
1: Yeah. But, it, but
0: it's hard to do. I mean, it's real, especially when you're in the fire every day. It's really hard to do because we just, as women, just, you know, I think organically, we just take on the opinions of others. You know, they, it penetrates, it hurts. We become very porous in that way. And um, I, there was a turning point in in this experience as a leader for me. Um, and it was one woman, and God bless her, she taught me so much, this woman, Eileen, who was a teacher teaching for me at the time. And it was Thanksgiving morning. We were at Verge Yoga. Thanksgiving is like one of the hottest... Most packed days at a yoga studio and we had back to back classes we had sold out classes i'm just like running around and i'm getting ready to teach a class to forty and you know everybody's getting ready for their Thanksgiving class and here I am like just trying to manage the situation and I was in the middle of the studio and all these mats and people were were in there and Eileen walks up to me she grabs my hand and Eileen was a couple of years older than me. I think, you know, wiser than me at the time as well. And she looked me in the eyes and she said, you are so brave. I'll tell you, I get choked up even recounting the story because I started crying. Like, oh my God, I'm brave. Like she just acknowledged, it was like she opened up this, this door in my heart. She acknowledged the courage that I had, you know, not only as a woman, but just to, to, to run a business, to be a public figure like this, to, to be in charge, to take risks. Like it all came flooded out of my heart. And I like went, I remember I walked up to like the stereo in the corner and I just like tears flowed out of me and it really, really changed my life. And so that again, it informed me, it gave me the the um, the, the just the, the mojo to do that for other women. Mm. To do that, to just express fully, to lift them up.
1: Mm. That is so beautiful, you know. It's like it's almost like we can only keep what we have by giving it away, right? And this mm. this was given to you in your moment of need, coming from another woman, which that has a certain way about it when that happens, right? You know, we we know it's we know it's coming from a good place somehow. There's something kind of different. And and so this is a really beautiful segue into, you know, the show is also about not just interviewing female leaders, but female leaders who are role models. Because not all leaders are role models. And that mm-hmm. goes for women and men. That's not, That's not sure. specific to a, a part of the human race, right? You know, mm-hmm. And so with that, perhaps a little bit of what you were just talking about, and what does it take to be a role model? What do you do to show up as best you can as a role model?
0: Mm. Another great question. The greatest gift I can give others is to be whole really, is to be whole myself. And so in order for me to be a role model, a leader, a mother, you know, a, a, a good friend, I have to do that daily work on myself. I have to be willing to go down the dark roads. I have to be willing to sit with my own weakness and really to be able to stare at the unpretty places in me. And there are, and there were, you know, especially when I was running running my business. Um, so I know that, you know, the time I put into myself, it does it 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 does, like you said before, it it emanates out. It's like one of those ricochets. It does uh, emanate out of me, and I know that I can be just a better human being by doing the deep work myself and, and, you know, it's different way, different ways for different people. I'm certainly not saying there's one path. There, there are so many paths to do that kind of work, but to do it and to not hide, to not hide from ourselves.
1: So amazing. So when you say, when you say whole, can you speak to that a little bit more just yes. to give, give the listeners a sense of what you're, what you're meaning? Yes.
0: Yeah. So, um, You know, I love the definition of meditation. The Tibetan word for meditation is gom, G-O-M. And it simply means to become familiar with. Your meditation isn't isn't about stopping thought or, you know, becoming a monk, um, giving up everything. It really is a bit about becoming familiar with everything about who you are. And so it means... Looking at through a magnifying glass, your mind, your mental patterns, your heart, your emotional patterns, your physical patterns, you know, your interpersonal patterns, and really looking at and saying, "Hmm, is this is this helpful, or is this not helpful to the world, um, or to my children, or to my spouse, or?" And so it, that, you know, becoming whole means to be honest and curious enough to look at all those different aspects of self. Like for me, I, I had to go deep into my heart. I had built up a lot of armor around my heart being, um, sort of having this immigrant mentality, this, um, you know, work ethic and, you know, um, being the middle, the only girl between two brothers, you know, I, I developed a hardness around me and, It's taken a lot of loving kindness, a lot of self-compassion to start to soften that. And uh, I'll tell you what, it is worth every, every minute that I've spent in there because I feel like I can just give so much better to the world.
1: Mm. You know, there's a study by Brene Brown that talks about the most compassionate people in the world all having one thing in common, right? It's It's that the boundaries of steel. Mm -hmm. and just what is involved with that, showing up powerfully for ourselves and how that allows us to show up even more powerfully for others and setting those boundaries around self-support, self-care, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, which surely is a journey. My goodness gracious. Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciate our time together today. I just have one more question for you as we start to wrap up, and that would be, you know, just for all of our listeners, is there anything any closing comments, anything that you would like to share that you think might feel supportive or helpful to other female leaders along their journey?
0: Mm. Oh boy, we could spend a lot of time with that. Um, I think you know, going back to what I said before, the greatest gift we can give the world is to be whole is to be healthy. and So, and truly, it truly is, you know? So to give yourself that time, give yourself the, um, you know, the resources to do what you need to do for yourself, to um, turn the soil, to feed the soil, to tend to the garden of your own heart, your own being, to know what makes you feel alive you know, to go out there and do the things that make you feel most alive. I mean, I know running a business, you know, took everything out of me. And I was raising two girls at the time. And, you know, I I wish, you know, looking back, because I sold my business, you know, a year ago, I just wish that I had taken more time to just cultivate a hobby. It sounds so silly, but it's not like just to cultivate something all for myself that had nothing to do with my business or my kids or my self-development, you know? Um, so it's, it's really just looking at all those aspects of what makes you come alive and feel whole and, and to, tend, to tend to yourself as much as you can.
1: Hmm. Wow, I love that. You have me thinking, hmm, <laughs> what can I get my hands on? I like the sound of that very much. That's perfect. And then, Kara, as, as we sign off for today, how can people get in touch with you, whether it's regarding your book, the work you're doing with the gut-brain connection, mental fitness? Can you, can you let the listeners know today how they might be able to get in touch with you?
0: Yes. And thank you for that. Uh, Yeah, I'm in development of a new mental fitness training system and mental fitness is really um, a lot of what we talked about. It's it's tuning the and toning the body and mind system so that we feel integrated and so that our systems are working together synergistically to help us come alive, to help us experience that aliveness. And so uh, you can stay in touch with me on my website, carabradley.net, and that's CARA with the a C. And I have a mental fitness protocol that I offer for free right now. Um, that, you know, just to kind of, you know, dip your fingers into. And also I would say the podcast, my podcast, um, I've just completed a series called Morning Messages, which goes every day for six minutes, a little tidbit. Um, and, and that's been really fun as well. Um, but there's more to come. So if you just, you know, stay in touch, get on my email list, I think it is, or social media is the best way to stay in touch.
1: Perfect. And carabradley.net. And that's yes. C with with a C. And then Bradley is B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, correct? Correct, Excellent, carabradley.net. Well, Cara, thank you so much for your time today. This has been fantastic. And uh, thank you for the amazing work you do.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I so loved being here.
1: All right, thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit erinjewelconsulting.com.